I was in a cave and it was this beautiful lit yellow cave. In the distance I spot my mum. It's like she doesn't see me but she's dancing and she's waving her arms to no music and she's just smiling and as I'm watching her she's changing. She's in her 30s and then she goes up to her 60s and then she goes down to her 20s. She even goes down to a really young child. Then she notices me and she's walking towards me and she's still dancing, she's blowing her arms and she's smiling. I look at her and I say, oh, Mum, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. My, my face is wet and she cupped uh, my face with her hands and she's like, it's okay, it's okay. It was so peaceful and she was in so much light and love. Everything was okay. Welcome to the Spirit Sisters podcast. My name is Karina Machado, and I'm the author of Spirit Sisters, Women's True Stories of the Paranormal. In this podcast, I'll revisit the women behind my most unforgettable stories and unearth new tales to chill, intrigue, astound, and offer hope. You'll hear first-hand accounts of ghostly visitors, near-death experiences, premonitions, hauntings, and love more powerful than death. Whatever you believe about the afterlife, I invite you to open your minds and hearts as ordinary women reveal their extraordinary encounters. You're listening to Spirit Sisters. I'm your host, Karina Machado. I'm grateful that you've joined us today. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I'd like to thank everyone who's taken the time to rate and review the show. There really is no better way to widen the reach of the show and help others to find it. So if you've got a few minutes to do that, I'd so appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who's helped make Spirit Sisters a five-star show. I've also been utterly blown away recently by the wonderful feedback I've been getting from listeners who email me or write via my Facebook page. I've been in tears, really, happy tears, reading your words about what the show has meant to you in the darkest moments of life. I may take a while to get back to you, I do apologise about that, but please know that I'm always so thrilled to read your stories and I'm honoured to know the difference that Spirit Sisters has made in your life. Now to this week's show. My guest today is a big-hearted, warm-hearted young woman called Honey Booth. Honey, a musician who's studying counselling, lives in Western Australia. As soon as I read her email, I wanted to bring Honey on the show because her story about her bond with her mother that has only strengthened and deepened following her passing is one that I know will resonate with so many of you. This is especially true if you love or have loved someone who struggles with mental illness. Honey's mum, Julie, passed away in 2016, aged only 50. Honey explained that the circumstances of Julie's passing are still a mystery in many ways, but that the police described it as her going to sleep and never waking up. Yet death proved the gateway to a beautiful new relationship for Honey and her mum the kind of relationship that was not available to them in real life due to Julie's struggles with mental illness. I hope you enjoy this episode in which Honey and I discuss compassion, forgiveness, self-forgiveness, cycles of trauma and breaking those cycles, and so much more, including the extraordinary spiritual experience which sparked a profound healing in Honey. Enjoy the episode. And if you need support, 
please call Lifeline in Australia on 13 11 14. Hi, honey. Welcome to Spirit Sisters. Hi, Karina. Thank you so much for having me. So blessed to be here. (laughs) Oh, thank you for coming on the show. Now, the story that you're going to share with us today is about love, compassion, forgiveness, and also about how relationships can heal even when one person is no longer in the physical. But such ideas, honey, were really far from your mind back in 2016 when you'd put physical and emotional distance between you and your mum, Julie. Then something very unusual happened one night about a month before your mum passed away. Could you please tell us about this astounding moment? Yes, well, I was living in Byron Bay and I was living in a musical shop and um, my life at that time, I was very happy. I am happy in general and I was surfing a lot. I was studying and I was just feeling really, really good, very positive. Um, I was in a really, really good place uh, in my life. And uh, though one night I went to bed and I just had a regular day and I was lying in bed and then all of a sudden I was just hit with this profound feeling of dread. It was really strong like this. It was a mix between sorrow and grief and sadness and it hit me really, really heavy and very suddenly. And I lay there with my eyes closed and I suddenly got this vision of my mum and she was sitting on her couch and she was just staring off in the distance with a cigarette in her hand on her usual couch that she sat in. And I, I felt in that moment that I was feeling exactly what my mum was feeling I had this feeling that what she was feeling at that time, it just engulfed me and it hurt so bad. I remember lying in like a fetal position, just in so much pain and sorrow and feeling like this is what my mum lives with every day. It was having this profound awareness of where my mum was at in this, in this life at at that moment. And as quick, as it came and as it, it left, all of a sudden it was gone and I was completely fine. I, was, I felt completely back to normal, but I was just left really confused and I couldn't understand where that came from. And um, though straight away I went to sleep and the next morning I woke up and I continued on with my life and I, I never reached out to my mum afterwards. I never contacted her to see if she was okay. At the time, we weren't talking. We, you know, we had some things going on and we had a quite a strained relationship, you know, a couple of years prior to her passing. And so I always, from this time, I was carrying around that guilt that I had never reached out, you know. So, yeah, I, w- I was left with that. About a month later, her birthday came around. Um, that was in October. And I rang her on her birthday. It was on the 28th of October. And I couldn't get a hold of her. And I was calling her and she wouldn't answer her phone. And rather than having this understanding of what I do now, rather than having this understanding that my mum was in pain, I went back to my usual habits of, oh, she's playing games. Um, she's, she's doing her thing. It was actually her 50th birthday as well. So that was a really 
a hard day because I knew that on her 50th she'd be spending it by herself because that was just where she was in her, in her life at that time. She didn't really have any close circle of friends. Um, she had family around her, but she wasn't close to any of her family members. So I imagine her just being on her own on, on this couch. And it, it really made me sad, but in a sense, I was annoyed at it. <laughs> I, was, I was quite annoyed. Um, I, I, I wish I could say I was just young and, and immature, but um, obviously what was to come, I have so much more understanding and I've always felt that I've been an incredibly empathetic and compassionate person. But at this time in my life and that stage of our relationship, I just, it just wasn't there. And um, I went on and continued on with my life, having a good time. And then my birthday came around in November, um, November 15th, and uh, she didn't call. So I was waiting for a phone call. And again, I became upset at her. Um, you know, I became quite um, just really annoyed <laughs> that she didn't call me because usually no matter what, she'll call me on my birthday. However, two days later on the 17th, she did call me and out of spite, I didn't pick up. So that action would be something that I would regret really. Um, it would be one of my biggest regrets. So, but in, in turn, one of my biggest lessons as well. Mm. So, um, and honey, yeah. Before you go on to tell us about what actually ended up happening not long after that, you mentioned that your relationship with your mum had been strained for quite some time, but yet when you were a little girl, you two had a very close and happy relationship. Is that right? Mm. Yes. Yeah, we were really close. You know, I'd brush her hair and she'd sing to me and we'd have movie nights. It was a typical mother and daughter relationship. I was really close to her. And um, all the way up to when I was 13. And she uh, became quite depressed and she had mental illness. And I always felt from a really young age that I was like her lifeline. So Prior to that, you know, she's mother-daughter relationship. We were really close. And then things got a little bit rocky. Um, we had things that happened throughout our lives. And, she, yeah, she became really dependent on me. And I kind of took on that mother role, you know, making dinner and, um, you know, doing the cleaning. And uh, it went kind of – it got really hard. She became um, a little bit abusive mentally and sometimes physically. Uh, because she was just in so much pain and even after her outburst she would go to her room and she, you know she would just cry she would just howl in bed just crying and um, through that I would go into her bedroom and you know I'd soothe her and I'll hold her hand and you know become close and that was her way of apologizing you know when I became older I kind of had resentment for her for just never apologizing but I think she always did in her own way in all that she could just to show me her pain. Yeah. I just wasn't, I just wasn't old enough at the time to realize, but I knew um, that my mum needed comforting. And oh. so I always stuck by her no matter what. And uh, when I was about 13, things became a little bit uh, out of control and I went to live with my dad. And I always, the reason why I stayed with her for so long as well, was because I didn't want her to be alone because I felt that if I left her, she wouldn't have anybody. 
Mm. And that, that really tormented me as, as a young child, uh, the feeling of my mum being alone. She was this pinnacle in my life. She was um, this, just my, my entire world. Um, I felt as well that I had to look after her. But when I got to 13, I was starting high school. Prior to that, I was changing schools a lot. And my dad didn't want to see me changing schools anymore and to have just to go to one high school. So that's what I did. I went to stay with uh, my dad and my two brothers. My dad was recently married and um, I had four stepsisters as well. Yeah, it was a really, it was a really challenging time. I felt that when I went to live with my dad, I was encouraged to know that mum's action and the way mum was feeling and the way mum lived her life, it wasn't my responsibility anymore. And I could, I could take that weight off my shoulders. And I didn't realise I was carrying that that weight so throughout high school it's like I took that weight off my shoulders but I completely took it off my shoulders and I removed myself from mum and I went through my own journey through high school made new friends and you know just um, explored living my life as a teenager just listening to story that sounds like a good thing that you were able to have that because I'm sure that there are many audience members listening now thinking they can relate to that scenario that you described of becoming the parent and looking in you having to look after your mentally ill mum. Honey, was your mum diagnosed with anything in particular or or was it more a combination of things? It was a combination, but she did have um, depression quite severely. Yeah. And other things, but I think as a child, I... I wasn't really in the know-how with those sort of things, but I know that she had, um, yeah, chronic depression. All right. So now let's move ahead again to the point that you'd taken us to earlier, uh, that she'd called a couple of days after your birthday, but you didn't pick up because you Mm. were still feeling, as you described to us, you know, just a bit upset about the whole situation. And that's completely understandable as well. Tell us what happened next. I was in Byron and I was doing wildlife caring at the time and I went to do a bird rescue and um, I rescued this little baby bird and I was on the porch and my uh, fiancé at the time came out to me and he'd closed up the musical shop and he sat me down and he said, um, so I've got something, I've got some news and automatically I knew something had come over me uh, that something had happened. And um, at first I thought my brothers and my dad, just, it just was astounding, this fear. And then he said it was my mum and my mum had passed away. And I, or of course I had this overwhelming sense of grief. As you do, you can imagine my whole body just went limp. And within a split second, I had this rush of this knowing every reason why my mum did what she did, um, every, every action that she took, every, everything that she had accumulated in her life and the depression, I had this profound understanding why she did the things that she did. And what came with that was forgiveness, like just complete forgiveness. But it was in a, in a, it was in a split second, like Rina, it was just like a flash. This forgiveness, this sense of forgiveness overwhelmed me and just engulfed me and as I said it just happened in a flash and I see it now today is as although I couldn't have that 
that gift when my mum was alive. I can have it now uh, with other people. You know, I have a lot better understanding when people behave the way they do. I have a lot better understanding about where that their pain comes from. And, you know, my mum, she was born in light. She was this beautiful, absolutely beautiful ray of sunshine. And in her good days, she was laughing and smiling and she had an incredible sense of humour. And, you know, this this reminds me that people aren't born with pain and, you know, and their actions that are cruel aren't intended for, you know, to cause pain on purpose. It's just because, you know, we go through our life experiences and we project that onto other people. So when I have dealings with people now, I really try to remember that. And as hard as it was not being to have, not able to have that with my own mum as much as I wanted to, I'm able to have that now with a lot of other, you know, influences around my life, um, just to remember their backgrounds and why, you know, they behave the way they do. And also reflect on myself, you know, when I'm going through challenging times and, you know, when I project pain, you know, remembering my life experiences and being grateful. And this awareness in turn just brings me back to the present moment, you know, and reminds me of who I really am and, and other people where all, we're all right. Real beautiful lights. So it was beautiful. Yeah, it was a really incredible lesson to learn. And this has happened um, obviously throughout the time since my mum's passing to really integrate that that perspective. So yes, yes. I want to just go back to that moment that you've just shared with us. And Mm -hmm. I love how you you were able to turn something that was very sad and negative into something positive you know, going forward with your interactions with others. And I think that's where there is such a, such a wonderful lesson and message there for all of us. But the download that you had in this moment um, when you found out your mum had passed is kind of similar to what you had experienced a couple of weeks before your mum died, isn't it, honey? What do you feel happened there? Like, do you feel that it was your mum's spirit reaching out to you in an attempt to connect with you on both of those occasions or what do you think was going on? Yeah, I feel my mum and I have always had a connection with one another in that sense. Um, when I was growing up and my mum was going through her challenges, like I could, I grew up feeling that, um, that energy. I felt that all around me growing up as a child and I always could differentiate between what was mine and what was my mum's. So I really do feel like it was a strong connection, whether it was intentional on my mum's behalf or there was something going on there. I do feel that they are connected. It was almost like a, uh, a preparation to what was to come. And though I didn't realise it at the time, and it was also for me to learn this lesson, everything I feel happens when, when these sort of things happen, it happens for a reason, you know. Yeah. So I definitely linked the two just tapping into, into my mum at one of the most uh, uh, hardest times in her life. Just to, And even though it was sad and it was hard, I still feel in a, in a way that it was, it was almost like an honour to feel, to feel my mum's energy in such a strong way again and mm. to have that understanding. Do I wish that... Um, you know, it could have been a lot more positive and happy, of course. But uh, I can only, I, I only can feel at the moment, though, that she's in, she's peaceful now. 
she's in a lot she's just in a place of a lot more peace and she's not hurting anymore she's not feeling alone anymore so that in a way has helped me as well with my grief because my mum was in a lot of pain I can't take back you know what happened before but I can but I I feel like my mum and I have even a more of a stronger beautiful and profound connection now than we could have done if she was still alive so oh wow and that is such a powerful message that I have come across time and again in my interviews with people that a love connection does not end with the death of the physical body of one party mm. and that is just a life-altering mm. message isn't it to know that like yeah. if we can take that in if we can really absorb the power of that message our lives would really change mm. I think but of course yeah, you had a very you know you had a very first-hand experience of that connection and you had it prior to her passing and then just after as well and then in this beautiful further experience that you're about to share as well honey you know the forgiveness when I forgave my mum in that moment the along with the grief there was this sense of peace as well um to forgive her it was I had so much resentment towards my mum and I was always living in that resentment uh, subconsciously I didn't even really know and when this happened I got this just this wave of understanding and compassion um, and I forgave her I felt on one half that I was free but what I would later learn um, after her passing, I then had to learn how to forgive myself. So it was like I, um, the resentment went from my mum and I turned it towards myself for a really long time. But as I'll tell you soon, um, I had these experiences that really shaped and, um, yeah, really made this <laughs> incredible. So would you say that um, what happened uh, before even before this amazing experience that you're about to share would you describe these as spiritual experiences and had you ever had anything similar happen to you before I've had definitely had experiences before you know with people passing in in my life whether it will be smelling them like my uh, my nana passed away and I would always smell her, her perfume on my uh, her birthday and I had that for a few years or I would feel this energy, almost like a presence in the room, though I didn't know who it would be, but it wasn't so much there was a presence, it was more of feeling what someone else was feeling, if you know what I mean, yeah. that would be in the room, that, that I felt it wasn't mine. So I feel with my mum's passing, you know, having those experiences really amplified that experience in a sense. Yeah, it, and also... There's another story with this, like when my mum did pass, I am, I'm a musician and I write songs and I wanted to write a song for my mum and what I did, I would sit down and this was only weeks after her passing and I would songwrite and what I was, I was trying to write a song that would be in her honour but it kept coming out dark and sad and though that was okay and it was necessary and it was part of this journey but one day it was probably about three months after my mum passed I was at a friend's place um, she lives in the forest and she wasn't home at the time and I had my guitar and I was just playing 
And then all of a sudden I was just hit with these lyrics, these, these words just flowed down on me. I don't know where they came from. And, you know, my mum liked to, um, she used to garden quite a bit and it talked about how she was gardening the constellations. So she was in the stars and she was planting seeds, um, you know, and to keep stargazing because that's where she was to gardening. That is so <laughs> and I wrote, yeah, I wrote this beautiful song and lyrically it's probably one of the most proudest um, songs I've ever written. And it's, it's an incredible outlet for me to really connect with mum. And also I sometimes have trouble sharing my story about mum, but through this song, it's like I can play it and people just know, you know, oh. people know from my, my journey with my mum from the beginning to the end. So it's a really, uh, it's a really sacred a sacred song that sounds yeah. so beautiful is there a way that we could hear it do you is there a link yeah. perhaps that I could share or yes um well I record an EP on SoundCloud and I was hesitant about putting this song on there yeah. um but it's only recently that I'm like no I'm gonna I'm going to do it <laughs> so I'll, I'll send you the link <laughs> oh thank you I can't wait yeah. to hear it so as you said, your mum's death and this forgiveness, this very profound forgiveness and something you had mentioned to me when we spoke, honey, early on in our um, conversations, you said that you actually shouted this out in the moment. All is mm. forgiven, I forgive you, as your partner yes. at the time was telling yeah. you what had happened. See, that's, mm. that's really powerful. This energy just coming out and like, yeah. all is forgiven. Like, oh. um, it just like it was just a no-brainer just flooded me and it was just quick as lightning this forgiveness it was like a flash of understanding her entire life and how everything that she did she acted out of pain and it wasn't her fault and I I forgave her something so profound in that experience in itself is that I learned that although she had passed it wasn't over like my journey to forgiving my mum, how we ended things, you know, it wasn't over just because she passed away. It didn't mean that that was it, that I had to live with this. Um, You know, it was in that moment I was given that realisation and I could forgive her and uh, being open to that and, and acknowledging that as well, I feel like it really paved the way to my other experiences as you said, like you, you now had to commence a journey to your own self-forgiveness and your own digging of buried pain and trauma. And as you made this progress, honey, towards your healing, you were still struggling with some guilt and some, some issues, but then you had this extraordinary dream. Please tell us about Mm -hmm. it in all the detail you can, because it's just so beautiful. Oh, yes. Well, um, I went traveling. I was battling my own demons with, um, with the passing of my mum. And on my end, as I said, the resentment towards myself and I had to really go on that journey to forgive myself. So I went traveling and um, I was in Peru. And one night I went to sleep and I had this incredible dream. And this dream was, I was I was in a cave and it was this beautiful lit yellow cave. It was, the light was shining and I don't know exactly where the light was coming from, but it just shone, it just shined this beautiful, warm, glowing light. And I was sitting down and I'm looking around this cave. And then in the distance, I spot my mum and she's, 
it's like she doesn't see me, but she's dancing and she's waving her arms to no music and she's just smiling. And I know she knows that I'm there, but um, she's too busy dancing. She's too busy in the moment. Nothing matters at the moment because she's dancing. And I'm watching her. And as I'm watching her, she's, she's changing. She's going from you know, she's, she's in her 30s and then she goes up to her 60s and then she goes down to her 20s. She even goes down to a really young child. And at the same time, uh, her outfit's changing as she's changing. So, she, but it's all like a peach color, yellow, white. And, it, you know, she has a dress on, then she'll have like a long sleeve dress and she's just dancing. And I look at her and, you know, I... I'm happy, but in that moment, I feel this sadness, this, this sadness within myself, this resentment that I had for myself. And I was like, Mom, I'm so sorry. And then she notices me and she's walking towards me. And as she's walking, she's still dancing. She's blowing her arms and she's smiling. And I, um, I look at her and I say, oh, Mom, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she, it's like she knew exactly what I was feeling. Like I felt in the dream that I didn't have to explain, but I said, I'm so sorry. And she just cupped my hands. I was crying in the dream. My face was wet and she cupped her hands, uh, my face with her hands. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. Everything's okay. You know, and it was just so profound because it's like she didn't have to explain either. She didn't ha we didn't have to go into story because where she was was so peaceful and she was in so much light and love. Everything was okay. And that her life in that, it just didn't matter. And she knew where I was in my heart, the forgiveness and the love that I have for her. And she, it was so simple, Karina. She just looked at me and go, it's okay. You know, and um, we're both smiling and she says, tell the boys, I love them. You know, my two brothers. And then she lets go and, you know, she goes back and she's dancing again. And, you know, she's just, and I'm watching her for a long time, just dancing. And, you know, again, she's changing as well from her age and her clothes are changing. I had this feeling like I had to go, like it was time to go. And I said, mum, I've got to go now. And this is where it gets incredible because I walked up to her to give her a hug. And the moment I touched her arms, like the moment I touched, she just shot up into a serpent, like a snake went up and she grew this big, big white wings, really big, big, big angelic white wings. And she just shoots up um, to the, towards the light. I wake up uh, straight away from my dream and I still got tears rolling down my face. And um, I felt exactly how I felt in that dream, just so peaceful and so calm. And like a, again, like a weight had lifted. At that moment, I forgave myself, you know, because my actions were just like her actions. It was out of pain and grief and confusion. And that's how my pain, and I had, to get, I had to nurture that side of me. And it was time to forgive myself the way that I forgave my mum. And that's what I did. And every day after that point, I became stronger and I would reflect back on this dream and remember my mum. I remember the simplicity of my mum's grace in that moment. It was just, um, it was such an astounding dream. And that really set me on the path to forgiving myself.
once I had that, then then the beauty can start coming in of remembering my mum, you know, the way she was, remembering our relationship the way it was and being okay that I, I couldn't continue the physical relationship with mum but do it in, in a way, you know, on the spiritual term. Wow. Thank mm. you for telling us that beautiful experience, honey, for sharing that with us because it really illustrates kind of what is the crux of my, my work here with the podcast and the books. And that is that these experiences, because that was so much more than just a typical dream, obviously, we can call that, I think, a spiritually transformative experience. Mm. And those experiences, they have the power to help us heal our wounds. And that's what mm. I find so astounding about them. If you think of a, a normal dream or a typical kind of dream or experience, they don't have the power to, to affect us in an ongoing way as these yes. kinds of experiences do, like the one that you've described. And one of the things that's really fascinating about it is that you also saw your mum, so as she changed form and ages, you saw her at an age that you actually didn't get to see her at in her 60s. No, no yeah. that's right. So how did and she age, look? How did she get yeah. young? Yeah, <laughs> how beautiful. What a gift. She, it was as though she would have, it was as though from the youngest part of her life, she just, she just grew old in the most graceful way. You know, she was 60 and she lived a life of just grace and beauty and light. She, you know, she was older, but she still looked so vibrant. Um, you know, her skin was so uh, fresh and glowing. You know, she had a, you know, a beautiful wrinkled face, um, you know, but it was so clear. You know, she had grey hair to her shoulders. And then when she was a little girl as well, I think I saw her when she was about between six and eight, you know, this little girl, just a little cheeky smile. And it still, she looked a lot like my brother when he, when he was little, you know, just a really cheeky smile and, and happy, like a little child. And, you know, and I feel like this dream, I can take refuge in that dream wherever I am, whenever I want to sit. And I think about mum, you know, I can actually sit there and I can remember this dream. And sometimes I sit there, since mum's passing, um, my two brothers, they both had children. And I can sit there on this couch in this cave watching mum and I can visualise my two nephews there as well now. I can visualise my brothers and I visualise, because I've got the setting and the platform all laid out from this dream, I can, bring, I can now bring my brothers and, you know, my nephews and my family into this dream, you know, through meditation and it, it takes me to such a, a really happy place. Yeah. Oh, that is so beautiful. The way you, you use this dream as a tool for ongoing mm -hmm. healing, not just for you, but for the entire family lineage. And I find yeah. that just, just wonderful. So when you woke up and you still had the tears rolling down your face, did you feel like you had just spent time with your mum? Yes, yes, most definitely. You know, like I, um, I got that, that chance. I got that chance. It was an opportunity in this dream to say and express everything that I wanted to say to her the seconds after she passed away. You know, I had, I wanted to tell her how sorry I was, you know, how, um, how silly I was, you know, and just, just incredibly sorry, you know, that I, then the guilt and the shame that I had and I just wanted to tell her, you know, that I see her and I feel her and I understand everything. 
But when I was in the dream, she already knew. She already knew what I'd been going through. And I think that's why she reached out to me because she saw that I needed help in this to yes. know that she knew what I was feeling and that she felt that it was okay and that it was time to mm. start forgiving myself. And yeah. certainly in, in the work that I've done, speaking to people who've lost loved ones, there is a sense that the loved one comes when they're needed most, that they really mm. do know precisely when an experience, a visit is required. And your story yeah. really, really shows us that as well. So how long ago was this experience, honey? It was uh, only a year ago, okay. only a year. And your mum yeah. passed away how long ago? Uh, it'll be four years in December. Okay. okay. Yeah, so it was quite some time. So it was like about a year and a half. It was when I went travelling. That was a, It was a long time I was going through that you know, that grief stage and the confusion. I was trying to wrap my head around everything. And also what strikes me is that emotions such as uh, guilt and shame, they're very toxic and very destructive. And there's the sense that I get personally listening to your story that this dream was a game changer, that it really was the fork in the road for you and it really took you in a new direction, a new trajectory, whereas... Mm the potential was there if you, you stayed mired in, in that grief and that pain, that guilt and shame especially are so toxic that things could yes. have turned out much mm. in an awful way really or just taken yeah. you in a direction that would have been so much more negative for you. Mm. Yeah, because sometimes it was just, it was always like um, even when my mum was alive, it was, like I said before, that subconscious, um, it was that resentment that sat in me. And, um, you know, though that dissipated when she passed, I had that resentment towards myself, but I was always carrying it. I was always carrying it around. And uh, when I went travelling, I really wanted to just get my head straight with this intention as well, as well as other things that happened in my life. But it was always something that was there. It was, it was just always there. Yeah. And then after this, after this dream, it really brought it to the forefront where I could really acknowledge what it was truly and see it in a completely different and more positive way because I, I feel like I really had to have a platform to forgive myself to really move forward. And um, this dream really catapulted me in that direction. Did you pass the message on to your brothers, your mum's message to your brothers, I love them? Oh, yeah, I passed it on to one of my brothers because one of my other brothers, like Adam, we're very close and he's really open to this sort of thing. And um, my brothers don't like to talk about it too much. Mm. But I will, when my other brother, you know, it's really hard to get a one-on-one, you know, sit down and have a conversation because, you know, busy life. And yeah. um, it's just, it, you know, him and I... Um, yeah, we just don't, we hadn't had that really close uh, relationship like with my other brother. But even speaking to my other brother, I thought I could feel that it was really quite hard for him to have this conversation. So I really feel like there's going to be a time and a place when I really, ex you know, tell this story to them properly. You know, one day I would love to do it when we're together and, you know, and they're, yeah, yeah. they're ready. Exactly. At the like you say, these experiences, you know, we all process them at our own rate of, of growth we and it's best not to push that's what I find as well you know speaking with friends yeah. and family 
this topic, sometimes it's best not to say anything, you know, and yeah. you sort of got to measure. Yeah. Speaking of your brothers, as you said, you became an auntie. Uh, they, yeah. two years after your mum passed, both of them had babies. Now, that yeah. this was an interesting time for you, honey, because it triggered something like a profound grief for you, which in itself mm. led to another spiritually transformative experience. And it was to do with spiritual writing and something a little bit like channeling. Mm. Please tell us about yeah. what happened here. Yeah, so oh, when my baby nephews were born, I, it's like I went through a different stage of grief um, for for my mum, in a sense. You know, just the uh, the what you can imagine. Um, you know, my my mum never being able to you know see her grandchildren grow up or be around them, and that really that really hit hard for me um, because my mum even though she uh, had her her wounds and her depression like she would she had so much so much love like she loved us kids like unbelievably she just loved us so much and I just know I sometimes would imagine you know she had an opportunity to meet them what it could have done for her life um, so there was a lot of grief around that one night I was just tapping into that again and I did this meditation, you know, being in this cave again with my nephews and my mum, seeing my nephews in this, in this sense. And um, I started writing and what I would do in the past, I would write to get whatever I'm going through when I do diary entry. Sometimes I'd write like it's almost going like dear universe, <laughs> you yeah. know, and I'd write and instantly you know it's like I would have this uh, I would channel and I'll get the answers so I'll write down questions and just automatically I'll get answers and I'll write down the answers and it was really beautiful and one day I sat down and I wrote to mum and I said you know dear mum I'm so sorry that you can't see your children your grandchildren grow up and I'm really sorry that you can't be around this breaks my heart then suddenly it's like dear honey I love you you don't have to worry because you know, I see my grandchildren more now than I did than I could have when I was alive. I will see them crawl. I've, I've seen them walk, and I'll hear them talk. And you know, this really beautiful writing just came out of me. And as she's explaining, like, you know, I'm with them all the time, and I, I see them more now than I could have ever done if I was uh, alive. You know, that was a really beautiful moment. And like, I don't know what that means. I, I really, I'd really. You can't but can't say but it gave me so much love and hope and really helped me so I really take that moment for what it was just as a gift yeah. you know whether it was coming from my own heart or whether I was channeling mum it was just it's just a really special bit of writing to reassure me that mm -hmm. she was here and this realization and it gave me so much hope so that if my brothers ever come to me and tell me their sadness about mum not being able to see her grandchildren I can share this bit of writing and I can share this story with them you know so it was a really it was just goosebumps it was a really really beautiful moment I still feel mum you know there's been times where I'll be in the other room and I'll get this feeling like mum's in the next room mum's sitting on the bed in the next room and it's so strong, I'm actually too scared to go out there. You know, I'm too scared to see an apparition. Yeah. This is what's going on in me. <laughs> it's just such a strong feeling like mum's there 
and I'm not ready to see an apparition. I'm just, you know, and I'll say in the next, I'll say in this room, mum, I love you, but I'm just not ready to see you yet. When I am, I'll let you know, you know, and I walk in and um, I'll still feel her presence, but I can't see her. And there's been other times where I've just been laying on the bed and just doing something and I'll feel mum, but it's like I feel her with two two other beings. I feel two other presence. And whenever I feel that, it, I, I, just, I sense that there's two other beings with her and it's so safe and it's so peaceful and it's just a lot of light comes in the room where like it's almost like my weight of my body just shifts and I feel really light and really clear. And it's such a, it's like, oh, hi, mom. Like, hi, <laughs> you know, and I had that opportunity to speak and, you know, to have a talk to her. And I, I can't hear anything back. I, I can just feel, I can just feel emotion of, you know, peacefulness is every time I feel her, it's just peacefulness and happiness. And do you have any sense of who those two beings are? I have this, you know, I, I don't have a religious background, but, um, you know, whether this is my mind, but to trying to put a, a label to it, but it almost like, I'm like, could this be uh, Christ and Mary? You know, I have that, that sense. Um, and as I said, I'm not hundred percent sure. Cause it, I feel like sometimes I think to myself like, Oh, am I just trying to put a label onto it? But that's what I feel because it's just so light. It's so vibrant, like this really warm, energy coming in and it's and there's three like there's my mum in the center and there's two people one on each side and yeah wow that is really beautiful and you know it would make sense to see you know the mother the mother figure of all mother figures you know with a beloved child and that's kind of what you and your mum are as well Yes, yes, yeah. And has your mum, I believe, honey, that you did tell me that your mum has visited you in other dreams and there was mm. one that had to do with your diary as well. Oh, yeah. Come back yes. to your diary. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, it was, that, that was only recently. Um, that was in March this year. And I was staying with my brother at the time. You know, we were talking about mum just a little bit, like just a little bit. I got a little bit out of him the night before. And and I went to bed that night and I had a dream that um, me, my brother and my sister-in-law were in a bus. And um, for whatever reason, we couldn't go outside. Now, the COVID was going on at the time, well, still is, but um, I didn't, I just, it wasn't because of that. It was just this sense like we couldn't leave the bus I have a diary now it's a purple diary and it was in my dream and I go to the pages of my diary and I flip over the pages and I see one page clear as day like my mum's handwriting saying um my sweetheart I love you love mum you know x hex and I was like oh and I flipped over the pages and then it was another writing saying um I want to let you know that I'm with someone um I love you love mum xx I didn't know what that meant I was like she was with somebody but I flipped over and there was another message now for the life of me I can't remember this message for some reason I I can't remember it in the dream I thought mum must have wrote this in my diary before she passed away 
like, oh, that's interesting. But then I thought a bit deeper. I'm like, hang on a minute. No, I brought this diary after mum passed. She's writing to me in spirit. And I was so excited in my dream. And I was like, so happy because mum was reaching out to me in spirit. And I woke up again immediately after the dream in the same sense as what I was in the dream, um, just so much joy and happiness and, and relief. Like, wow, I brought this diary after mum passed and she's writing to me in my dreams. And it was just a really beautiful, beautiful moment, like just to reassure me that she's here because there's times when I feel, I feel her so deeply and there's other times where it goes a little bit quiet. I, my brother and I had a really brief discussion about her and I was thinking, oh, she hasn't, you know, I haven't felt her in a little bit. And then I had this dream. In response, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in response. And it yeah. was just, I just, I had so much joy, like waking up, I was so, so happy, like, oh, you know, and relieved, like just so, so happy. And um, yeah. <laughs> Again, we go back and, to what these experiences can do for us in terms of yeah. you know, healing and changing our mood and giving us a lift. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so throughout this entire time, like it has been a journey when I look back on hindsight is forgiving myself and all these little messages just really implemented the fact that everything's okay. Everything is forgiven on, on both sides and mum's here and mum's around and she's doing her own thing, but she comes in and she checks in and she's with my nephews and she's with my brothers and she's with me and it's so it's so peaceful knowing that even though she's passed on, you know, we can have this relationship and also it keeps life. It's a mystery. I don't know when she's going to come and see me next and it's exciting. And as long as I keep practicing, um, you know, such as listening to your podcast, it's like really beautiful, um, you know, journeys of other people and tapping into my own spirituality, you know, doing a lot of reading, meditation, and that sort of thing mm. I can I can feel her most um it's only when I go out of tune that sometimes I feel like oh where is she <laughs> you know mm. so it's um it's a really a really beautiful thing and it just keeps life just uh, so it's just a mystery it's really it's really magic <laughs> oh I love what you've just said mm. because the mysterious aspect of all of this like it's a delicious yeah. mystery it's not a scary mystery it's a it's a wonderful no. exciting mystery and that's something that really drew me to this field as as a child and just on that, mm. that experience, I just quickly want to mention with the diary, it's almost as if she confirmed in that dream that, yes, you had heard from her in the earlier experience where you physically awake had written a message yeah. from her that you told us about, dear honey. Uh, it's yeah. in the dream. It's almost like she, she did that, I think, maybe to let you know that that indeed was mm. her that you were tapping into your heart's yeah. as as we know and also interesting was that she said in that dream back in march i'm with someone and when you have yes. your experiences in meditation you do see her with the other beautiful the two light beings so yeah. that's really nice too honey yeah <laughs> it's, it's really magic I had this other experience. I actually forgot to, I forgot to tell you in, in the letter that I wrote you, I had this experience. Um, I started a new job and um, it was my first day and I do really early start. So it's like 4am, wake up. I set my alarm for 4am and when it went off, I hit snooze and you do what we all do. I hit snooze again and I hit snooze and I went into like a really deep, not a deep sleep, sorry, like a little slumber sleep, um, you know, waiting for the next snooze. And then I hear my mum's voice and I, 
I, it was just clear as day. My mum, when she was in a happy mood, it was a very distinctive mood. She goes, she goes um, up you get, uh, up you get, sweetheart, come on, <laughs> you know, up you get, sweetheart, come on. And like what she used to say to me when I was a kid, like, up you get, sweetheart, come on. Like, uh-huh. and it was just, it was her voice, like shot in my ear, like really loud. It made me jump. It worked. Oh, I got up. <laughs> it worked. It really worked. And in that, like, but in that moment, your mind's trying to rationalize it in that sleepy state. I'm like, oh, it must have been a dream. But throughout the whole day, I'm like, that wasn't a dream. That was mum, like, just in my ear, like, off you guess where your heart, come on. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was her voice. And um, yeah, it was just um, that real. It just vibrated through my whole body. (laughs) All of these experiences that you've been having with your mum, they've changed your life, haven't they, honey? And you have gone on to uncover a profound sense of your purpose in life. And that led you Mm -hmm. to change careers. Now, tell us about counselling and how you got into that and what's happening there. Yeah, well, I felt from a young age... You know, my mum, even though when I was really young, I remember my mum really taking guidance in me. I remember being really young, I'm talking, you know, 10, 11, and giving her advice, (laughs) you know. And um, I've just always, I always felt like I was a very empathetic person. But I went on with my life. One of my biggest passions is animals. So I was studying wildlife biology for a bit and I was doing a lot of work overseas with animals. When my mum passed away, as I said, I, I just, I was really embedded with this understanding and uh, of people and their history and their emotions and why people react the way that they do. And I became really inquisitive and I got even more into personal development. Um, and this is something when people, I've had friends and family take guidance in me and I'm able to listen be present with them and feel where they're at and um, be able to, it's almost like channeling ways to find solutions or just be an ear for them. Going through this grief, it just really made me want to help other people, you know, when what they're going through, whether it's grief counselling, personal counselling. I really just had this understanding like you know what this this is it this is what I'm supposed to be doing and when I made that decision it was literally in a day I'm like this is what I've got to do like this is so important this is my purpose going through that you know in hindsight evaluating everything that had happened all my life experiences through when my mum was alive my experiences and knowing that I have so much to offer other people as well it's like this this is it and it was just it was just like a light bulb like no this is what I need to do and so I changed and yeah now I'm now I'm studying studying counseling only early days but yes. yeah so that you started to do that this year you started to study yeah, counseling this year. this year okay okay yeah. fantastic now it's interesting what you mentioned about you know the reasons that people lash out in pain and there's a saying that says hurt people hurt people so people who are hurt hurt others and that seems almost too simple but that is the way I I believe that it is and lately I've been sort of on the surface anyway exploring the idea of intergenerational trauma you know the idea that this unhealed pain of family members even distant ones uh, not that you know not that's not in your case but but maybe it is can impact our lives in the present now do you feel that this is relevant in your family story? Have you done any exploring as to 
your mum's deep pain and where that could have come from? I definitely agree that, like, I believe that it's transferred throughout the generations, um, you know, emotional trauma. And it's up to us in putting, you know, to cut that cord. And by cutting that cord, it is really to become aware of the trauma that's happened throughout the ages in your family and finding the ways of cutting that cord, whether that be through, you know, therapy, meditation, spiritual practices, plant medicine, you know, but really acknowledging, um, you know, the pain throughout the families and choosing, making a choice to um, put a stop to that. So, you know, that I think from what I know, I believe that my mum and, you know, my nana and, you know, my great nana, you know, they had a lot of trauma going through their lives, you know, like a lot of alcoholism and also abuse towards themselves as well. And, you know, the patterns I saw, my mum would tell me a lot about my nana's pain and my mum, I saw that she inherited a lot of that pain on herself. Somehow I was, I, I don't know how, but I, don't feel like I've inherited that pain or the habits or the mentality. I definitely have traits of my mother, but yeah, I, I feel that I chose, I became, I became aware of my mum and her traumas and throughout her life and the generations for me. And I made that choice, mm-hmm. you know, that I was going to, that I was going to put a stop to it. I'm human as everyone. We're going to go through, you know, the flow, the, you know, the highs and the lows and the, and the hardship, but it's just being coming aware of patterns and, and understanding traumas and where they come from going deeper to where it all integrates from basically just pulling out those weeds, just becoming more self-aware. I've often thought of it in that exact same metaphor of pulling out weeds and, in your case, yeah. it's particularly special because your mum did love to garden. So there's yeah. a sense that she's helping you pull out those weeds, honey. And yeah. as you are, you're breaking that cycle. And as you've so beautifully mm. explained, it, it does begin with awareness and compassion Absolutely. for the other pain. And then we're yeah. more able to be aware of our own pain. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just becoming becoming aware and and loving yourself throughout that entire journey, you know, without blame, without resentment, you know, stepping back and and feeling like just remembering your inner child, the innocence of your inner child, the innocence of the generations in your family that, you know, they were innocent children, you know, and it's their life experiences that have afflicted and put on the path of you know where they've gone in their lives but uh deep down we're all these children of light i believe oh that's just so lovely now as we come to the end of our conversation i'd love you to tell the listeners why you reached out to me with your story and what it is that you'd most like them to take away with them today Mm. I reached out because your podcast um the spirit sisters it really opened up this um really it's a beautiful perspective and understanding of my own experiences and that I wasn't alone in these experiences that this was something that where we can all tap into and we can all we can all feel if we just stop and listen and remember our loved ones as well is I think remembering them in any essence that it comes up, whether it's the pain and the trauma and the sadness, because what will follow is the love and the light. If we focus on that, you know, have that be the bedding of the grief, you know, with my grief, I was 
I, I was gifted the light that surrounded that grief with the awareness of being to, to be able to forgive. So what I want the audience to take away is that just because when someone passes away, it doesn't mean that that's where it stops. It doesn't mean that we have to hold on to that resentment, that sadness, that confusion. Um, it doesn't mean that all the answers have to stay unanswered. We can find those answers even after they pass, just through listening to ourselves, sitting with ourselves, being engulfed in whatever the pain is, to feel the pain for what it is. You know, a lot of people, I know what they do, they try to push it down. And, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from myself, my own experiences and people that I know, you know, they, they will push it down and, you know, they don't want to deal with it. But it's by sitting in that grief and it's hard, you'll feel so much pain. There's been times when I'll be in a fetal position and I will let myself feel the darkest, deepest pain without story. I won't add story. I won't add um, the history. I won't try to suss where that comes out. Not yet. Because mm -hmm. those answers come only after when we feel what our body needs to feel. And uh, to locate it in our body, sometimes it's our stomach, sometimes it's in our heart, sometimes it's in our kidney, you know, and to send love to those parts of our bodies and to reassure yourself your inner child that it's okay to feel this pain and that we have to feel this darkest torment because at the when we find that when we have that the reward is the light the reward is coming to the light and the love you know so I feel that with every darkness we feel it deserves to have the light with it as well and at, it, it would be hard at the beginning and I feel it, it doesn't just happen Sometimes it does, but it also we have to remember the light that is always there, you know, because it, it is always there. It's, it never leaves us. And I can't think of a nicer note to end our conversation today. Thank you so much, honey. Thank you for sharing such a powerful message about how our relationships continue to evolve and transform. Like after the death of one of our loved ones and the compassion and, and the forgiveness that can set us free. Thank you so, so Absolutely. much for coming well, on to so the Spirit much, Sister Marina. podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Spirit Sisters, the podcast, based on my best-selling book of the same name. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and will join me again next time for another intriguing conversation exploring mysteries and marvels. In the meantime, please subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. I also welcome your feedback, so please message me through my website, karinamachado.com, or find me on Facebook at Karina Machado Author. Perhaps you have your own encounter to share. If so, I'd love to hear it. After all, there's nothing more powerful than a story. Music.